Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes that are wondering if we're going to have to wait another decade for a 240-yard-plus game from a receiver. (laughs) Just to let you know, Jim, it was 2013, December 1st, that Alshon Jeffrey set the the Bears' single-game record of 249 yards. How about that? Only took 10 years. And I saw <laughs> 10 years. D- DJ Moore was the first Bears receiver to win Offensive Player of the Week since Marcus Robinson. I think Alshon Jeffrey's a grandfather now. <laughs> uh, honestly, good vibes this week. We're, we're here to say good things about the Bears. We're all happy and stuff. It's amazing what a win will do. <laughs> I, it's just, I hadn't really, I guess thought about the fact that we hadn't been able to talk about a Bears win in literally almost a calendar year. (laughs) Right. But what a game following up the collapse versus Denver and then on a short week going out to Washington. And that wasn't a fluky like Thursday night game where nobody can do anything and it looks like the teams are both running in mud and it ends like 12 to 7. Like that was a complete ass whooping by the Bears. Yeah. And yeah, things got a little hairy in the second half there, but yeah, there's a counterpunch by Washington. The Bears withstood it. They won the game. I mean, you're not going to dominate an NFL game from beginning to end very often. It, it's just the league's not set up that way. So really good win by the Bears. I thought really impressive job by the coaches. I mean, the the Bears could have gone out there and just been absolutely dead on arrival. So right. They showed up and were the better team all night long, and I thought the offense looked really good, specifically DJ Moore. Just You don't see performances like that from Bears wide receivers. Probably the best game uh, the season by the, uh, by the offensive line. Yes, the offensive line was really good, and no small part due to having Nate Davis back and actually looking like the player they signed. He had a great game. Tevin Jenkins was back, and he played well while he was out there. Uh, the tackles, I thought, did well. I mean, the guy that's quietly done a really good job is Larry Borum, I yep. think, stepping in. So, all around it, it looks like maybe they figured something out with this offense. And, look, I get it. DJ Moore was pretty much the only one to catch a pass all night. But, <laughs> also, he was open all night. Washington just wouldn't cover it. Yeah. Like, Washington just couldn't quite figure out what the Bears were trying to do there. And, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, positive vibes, and everybody seems to feel a whole lot better after that win. Well, um, DJ Moore, uh, to me, announced to the national viewing audience, uh, yeah, if you didn't think I was one of the best in the NFL, you were wrong, yeah. uh, because uh, he showed it. And yeah, uh, there's there's not a big secret around him and Fields, uh, you know, when the when the Bears' offense t- takes the takes the field, defensive coordinators are pretty much going, "Okay, watch DJ Moore." Wait, did I say watch DJ Moore? That's who I meant. Watch DJ Moore. You yeah, know, yeah, it's two hundred forty yards, right? And it could have been even more. I'm because... pretty sure they're not scheming for Mooney. <laughs> Clearly not. But I mean, Moore could have broken three hundred. He had the play where he stepped out of bounds, and then there was also the play where he was open in the end zone again, and Fields just overthrew him. So. Yep. That could have been even that could have been an even bigger performance by him, but really impressive all around. Uh, he was wide open a lot, which was great. But I loved the touchdown in the corner of the end zone where he was covered, and Fields kind of threw it up, and it was a fifty-fifty ball, and Moore just went up and got it. I mean, yeah. well, you don't see that from the Bears receivers very often. So 
the fact that Fields made the throw was great because there's been a lot of talk about, eh, does Justin Fields really know what NFL Open looks like? I mean, it's not Ohio State where guys are running free all the time. So right. the fact that he kind of recognized, hey, maybe my guy's got an advantage here, and he, he made a good throw where Moore had a better play on it than the defensive back, and Moore came down with it, that's great. So all around really good week, really good two weeks for the Bears offense. Maybe they figured something out a little bit. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was contemplating uh, this week was, you know, as us as fans, uh, obviously we've, as you mentioned, we've had to endure a lot of losses all in a row. So we have certainly gotten to the highly impatient part of the, uh, of, uh, of that streak. And, you know, it looks when you look at the numbers uh, for more, um, he's gotten better every every week. That connection has gotten better every week. Uh, I mean, here we are uh, talking about a 240 yard game, and in week one he had two catches. Yeah. So I mean, two it, targets, it, it, two targets, two catches, right? And you know, th- you know, it's not like that was ancient history. <laughs> that was four games ago. Yeah. So uh, you know. Um, it's, it's taken a while for that to translate to on the field. Um, but it definitely, uh, it was, it was noticeable that the team was playing, um, having fun Uh, and, and, you know, looking out there, looking competitive from the get go. Like you mentioned, uh, they came back, uh, Washington made some good adjustments, the, the, the the third quarter was hairy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I I was like, uh, my cousin uh, Neil in Chicago. He said uh, he texted me over. Oh, here's the Bears. I know. <laughs> well, that's funny. I I was I was watching the game over at Oxcart and at drink halftime. Like I'd had a couple drinks and I, I turned to my table and I was like, there is zero percent chance the Bears blow it this week. <laughs> like, they blew the game last week. But not against this team, not against this offense. Like, Washington is not going to come back from this. And for a couple minutes there, I was regretting those comments. But, <laughs> you know, the, the Logan Thomas fumble and then just... the Washington just wouldn't cover DJ Moore. They just yeah. kind of let him do whatever he wanted. So the Bears ended up, kind of like I said, withstanding that counterpunch. And even more impressive, I mean, that they played the last quarter and a half with no running back. Yeah, <laughs> that was bizarre, too. I don't know that I've ever seen that before, where all three running backs get injured in the same game. I don't remember it. The Herbert one looked really bad, and he tried to come back and gut it out, and he ran the one play, and it was just yeah. like, get, get him off. Like, yeah. he, he uh, appreciate it, man, but go go heal up. And sounds like he's going to be out a couple more games. Johnson uh, is in concussion protocol. I think he is expected to be back, but you never know. And... So looks like going forward, at least for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be Johnson, maybe Travis Homer, and then our old friend Darrington Evans is back, who yeah. I, actually, I actually liked last year. I thought he had a little bit of juice. But, the, yeah, the fact that for the last quarter and a half you're running halfback draws with Kari Blassengain, yeah, and the Bears still found a way to pull that one out. Like I said, I mean, just – Good job by the coaches. The season could have gone completely off the rails after that loss to Denver, and it didn't. So, good good win by the Bears. Well, the way I understand it right now is probably Deontay Foreman is going to... Yeah, that's right. I ...is going to start. Um, I forgot Foreman. Yeah. Well, he's been a, a healthy scratch. 
Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, they went and got Darrington Evans. That's very cool that he was on a practice squad, so they are able to go snatch a guy who's already familiar with the with the team. Um, I think he'll be a, a great number two. I don't expect Roshan Johnson to play this week. Um, I, I think that uh, since he went into con- concussion protocol, he'll probably be out. Right. Um, however, I would love it if he's uh, he's on my fantasy team. So <laughs> I would I would love it if he's uh, if he's back. But um, I have I have a feeling this is going to be the Deontay Foreman uh, show um, against the Vikings rush defense. Um, one of the things, Matt, friend of the show, Matt, um, was kind of critical when we picked up Foreman because he said, well, Foreman primarily only does well against, you know, kind of shabby teams. Well, hey, we're playing playing the Vikings. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll see him bust out for over a hundred, which would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's in flux right now. Johnson did not practice today and you're right. NFL concussion protocol does seem to be that if you're in protocol, you miss a week now. Yeah. That's for the best, obviously. So uh, I did want to, uh, I, I looked up DJ Moore's uh, numbers in the league. I just was curious to see um, where where he was. Uh, he is 15th in the NFL in receptions. What number would you suppose he is in yards? After last week, I would guess higher than that. Higher, definitely. Top 10? Town number 5. Interesting. Yes. So, DJ Moore is 15th in yards, but... uh, 15th in receptions, but 5th in yards with 531 yards. A 79.4% catch rate, which is easily the best... uh, uh, Excuse me. It's the second best... In the top 25, the only person that has a, a higher score is Keenan Allen at 79.5, so a tenth percent better. But those two are pretty much above everybody else. But this part is the part that he distanced himself on. 19.7 yards per <laughs> reception, which is insane. Yeah, that's that's pretty much unheard. I mean, he's a legit number one. When, when the Bears made that trade... There were some people that said, well, you know, his numbers aren't the best or, you know, he's boom or bust. But when you look at what he was dealing with in Carolina, it wasn't the best situation, obviously. We don't have to go into that. But he's awesome. Getting to watch him play is really fun when him and Fields are in rhythm together. And we've seen it a lot the last two weeks. We've we've seen the two of them figure out their chemistry a little bit and it's not obviously always going to be what it was last week because Washington's defense is just terrible I mean they they should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for that performance but like you said there's bad defenses on the schedule coming up and if Justin and DJ Moore have that type of connection it's not always going to be 240 yards no I'm expecting another 100 this week oh yeah and saying that about a Bears wide receiver (laughs) I mean what what was the last time we've been able to say that Brandon Marshall probably right yeah probably it's uh well no um Alshon Jeffrey okay so around the same time at least so it's it's really fun watching that caliber of player on the Bears yeah Honestly, just great job by Ryan Poles to get him in. I know, obviously, they gave up a lot, first overall pick. But DJ Moore, I think, is going to be worth every every penny of what they gave up to get him. And it's still young, too. So he's going to be here a long time. And it took a couple games to really get him ingratiated into the offense, I think. But I, 
I hope that he's like kind of, I hope what we've seen over the last couple of games is here to stay. Not obviously production wise in terms of the counting stats, but just in terms of how involved he is and, and the impact he's able to make on the offense. The other um, uh, player I wanted to point out real quick, because he, he was uh, he was a factor the other night too, was, is Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet has a 79.3% catch percentage this year. Yeah. So your two top guys are both, <laughs> both at 79. Now, just to kind of give you a, 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 a scale, if you got guys at 69, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> Uh, your best receivers are usually in that low 70s range. So to be at that level right now is is just great. That looks like the guy they paid for with that extension. Yeah. You'd, you'd like to see some more production from others on the offense because I think there were only three players in the game against Washington that caught a pass. It yeah. was more Komet and I believe Herbert. No, it was Tunyon. Tunyon, so, yeah. You'd like to see Mooney get a little more involved. There were a couple of plays where they tried to go to him, and I just think Fields missed the throw. He was open, and Fields just missed him. And you'd like to see him get a little bit more involved because it's tough when you've only got one receiver and one tight end. But, look, I'm not going to complain too much about that game against Washington. Moore was just open every time, and they just kept throwing it to him. And, hey, if they're not going to take it away from you – I don't have any problem with you just going to him again and again and again until they figure out a way to stop it. Well, and this also uh, keyed thoughts to me about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I still think that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But, man, there is a vulnerability there. When Travis Kelsey is not on the field, that whole offense completely changes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, last week against the Vikings, they were really sweating that <laughs> when Kelsey went off because um, it looked pretty ugly when it happened in real time. Uh, you know, he came back out and saw he was available and he was a- able to play through it. But uh, that that offense changes pretty drastically without him out there. Yeah, and every good offense is going to have the player that gets the majority of the attention yeah. right? or we used to call it the the blanket right when when it was matt forte on the bears because yeah. when things would break down for cutler mr the, everything the first thing he's looking for is where's forte yeah get the ball all right and that's kind of what kelsey is for Mahomes. it's that nobody's open well i know kelsey's open so i i know where he's gonna be and if none of the receivers are open down the field, I know I can get that guy for six yards. And that's kind of what it's looked like a little bit with Komet the last couple of weeks because he has caught a lot of those underneath passes mm-hmm. for six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards, and you need those. And if, if Moore is going to be that open, then great. But he's not always going to be that open. I, it would not surprise me at all if this week against the Vikings, Flores says, you know what, they've got four other guys that – they can use to beat us. We're not letting DJ Moore beat us. And he might just throw two guys at DJ Moore and he might not be open very often. So it's going to be on Getsy and Fields and the offense to figure out what's our counter to that. And yeah. Is that going to be Cole Komet? Is it going to be Darnell Mooney and single coverage on the other side? Are Deontay we, Foreman. Are we finally going to see Tyler Scott? Is it going to be running the ball? Are we going to. So that'll be interesting because the first thing Brian Flores is going to look at on film is. Man, Justin was just going to DJ every time. Yep. And Washington just let it happen because they're dumb. So, Vikings aren't going to 
allow that to happen. Brian Flores is a good defensive coordinator. He's going to design up a game plan to try to limit DJ Moore. And we're going to see how the offense counters. I mean, this is what it's supposed to look like when you've got a real offense. Yes. Where it's like, all right, defense takes away option one. Competitive team in general. Yeah, like defense takes away option one. That means somebody else has to be open somewhere. Yeah. And can Fields find him. That's kind of the next test. We've seen now that he can throw to DJ Moore, which for the first three games of the season was in question. Was in question, yeah. (laughs) So, all right, you passed that test. Now let's build off this a little bit and let's start building our offense around the idea that the defense is going to send two guys at Moore, so that means someone else has to be open somewhere. It is somewhat confounding, though, to wonder what the heck was going on the first three games. I mean, I don't understand this. It's probably we'll probably never know. Uh, but you know what? What combination was it with uh, with head coaching, with the offensive coordinator, with uh, with the receivers, with the offensive line, with um, with number one? What what combination of it? Or, or you know, maybe it was several. Most likely, with several pieces, right? Right. But I mean, they in the last two games they have looked competent. Yeah. And against Washington, they were playing against a, a very good front four. Yeah. Uh, arguably the best in the league, actually. And they did very well. Um, and you know, it's, it's like, okay, that, that was great to see, but where was that? What, and not to mention, you know, as, as I said earlier, you know, he had two, two targets and two catches in week one. And, you know, the media commented on that. I was like, why, why did that happen? You know, so I, I guess there's a lot of, you know, growth that, that has to happen. And we all have also been a little bit um, maybe on the uh, on the golden uh, looking at the golden side of things. Oh, we, we expect them to be better. How much better are they going to be when in actuality they came out pretty flat? Yeah, they sure did. And. We'll see. It's possible that 10 weeks from now, we just look back on those first three weeks and say, it just took a little extra time to get this going, whatever. But they've had two good weeks, right? Right. So, And that's what you take it for. And and you hope to see them build off it. I mean, these guys are still on the hot seat. Yeah. I think think last week we fired Eberflus and Getze. Those guys are not guaranteed to have their jobs after this year still. I don't think they should. If the offense takes off, yeah, maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. We're going to see. But, look, I I hope that they are viewing this as a challenge and kind of saying, hey, we're we're not going down without a fight here. And it seems like that's what happened a little bit after the Tampa Bay game when Fields said, all right, F it, like, we're going back to what I'm good at. Like, it seems like they had some sort of a come-to-Jesus moment where they're like, hey, what we're doing isn't working, so we're going to try something new. And all right, the Why first... was that necessary? Yeah, exactly. Because the same thing happened last year. <clears throat> yeah. Remember? Like, the first, did. the first five games of last year were also terrible. Yep. And then they figured it out during that mini-buy, which was Thursday to Monday. So why were you not ready to go this year then, right? And what went wrong there and how do you avoid it happening again because what can't happen is let's say that the offense looks really good for the rest of the year doing what they're doing now you you can't keep these guys here and then go into next year again and say well now we're gonna go back to the pocket quarterback (laughs) style and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to the next level again and then have it start um, flat again right so right 
we're putting the cart way ahead of the horse there. These guys, I think, probably all will still get fired because the team's still not good. Like, if if the offense plays the way it has the last two weeks, they might just be like a normal NFL bad team, which is like <laughs> se- se- seven and ten versus. Like after the Chiefs game, I think a lot of Bears fans were not thinking, dead last, like, but oh my above god, dead last. Like, oh my god, this team might not win a game, <laughs> or like we're going two and fifteen. There was real talk of zero and seventeen. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they're not quite down there. Maybe they're just like a normal like six and eleven bad team. Yeah, and in which case, I I still think the head coach and the offensive coordinator are probably looking for new jobs at the end of the year. Could be, but. If the offense wants to score 30 points a game and maybe you get a little healthier on defense and maybe the schedule eases up a little bit and they find their way back to a close to 500 type of record, right? Maybe these guys do successfully make a case to keep their job. And when we're talking about that, we're talking about coach, offense coordinator, and quarterback. Yeah. All, all three of them are, are playing on one-year deals at this point. Yeah. And uh, I, as you, I agree with you. Um, they have to, they have to still. Polls still has to look at this and say, is the growth happening the way I envisioned it? Right. Um, because, as you said, it would be great if we get towards the end of the year and maybe we're in play- playoff contention, right? Playoffs. Playoffs. But uh, maybe we're in playoff contention and going, oh, okay, well. You know, they just started off the year the year slow. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I I don't think you see that happening, and I and I don't either. I I would say that is improbable. Yeah. What is more pro- probable is your talk of six wins, seven wins. I mean, I really I thought that they would get eight uh, before yeah. the season started. So them getting six or seven certainly wouldn't be a shock to me, but. I'm just, uh, what I was frustrated with and still is playing in the back of my mind is, like you said, the first three games just look like a total dumpster fire, worst team in the NFL kind of play, and that's just not tolerable at this point. And you also in there got blown out by a team in the Packers that looks like they suck too. Yeah. Like the Packers are two and three. The, we still lost to the Denver Broncos, who are definitely awful. Yeah, they're terrible. Packers should be 1-4. The only other win they got was against the Saints after their quarterback got hurt, and the Saints missed a field goal at the end of the game that would have won. Yeah, that's right. And and that team still walked into your building on week one and blew you out. So, yeah. believe me, the fact that the offense is looking good now is encouraging. I would prefer to the alternative. I I hate coming in here after games like Kansas City and having to talk about that because yeah. that's no fun to talk about. Oh my gosh, this team is a disaster and there's no way out and there's just absolutely nothing good to talk about. So I'm glad the last two weeks have gone the way that they have. I have a little bit more optimism just in general after seeing the offense work and seeing the offensive line get a little healthier and actually play well and now there's some weaker teams coming up. Let's see what they can build off of the momentum that they have. And let's win the next couple games, how about? Well, we got- um, also uh, with that, um, in, in that vein, uh, Flus came out and said that they, in the second half, stayed aggressive and, and pressed the gas. <laughs> I, I I I don't yeah I don't know what his version of aggressive is. I do know that in in the fourth quarter, 
I was really starting to sweat things at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they did they did seem to, like you said, get it right, flip the switch back on, and we were able to put it away. And it was a dominant win, but still, to have them fall off, I mean, for a while there, it was looking like, oh my God, this is total protonic reversal. Yeah, and can, can Matt Eberflus figure out a way to get his players on defense to tackle. Like, <laughs> right. How many missed tackles did Sam Howell wow. have? It, it, Sam Howell's not exactly Michael Vick back no. there. Like, he's not necessarily known as being an elusive quarterback. And I legit think he had, like, ten missed tackles. Yeah. Like, it's just like, can you get this guy on the ground, guys? I mean, the defense played okay. I, I should take my victory lap because I said they would get a turnover. And I, I think they got three, right? Yeah, I think so, they got three, yeah. But the defense, I mean, it, it was still pretty underwhelming. Their, their, their lines stinks. I think that Dexter had a pretty nice game. It was probably his best game as a pro. I like Andrew Billings. I think he's definitely somebody that you might want to keep around even after this year. But yeah. the rest of it, the, the, the ends stink they were creating a little bit of pressure and there were times that they got to howl and couldn't get him on the ground, which was just annoying. Uh, but uh, the defense is still bad. The defense is still bad. A, a lot of times in big situations during that game, when they had to get pressure, they blitzed, which is fine against Sam Howell. Cause he's not any good, but isn't going <laughs> to, isn't going to work against cousins or, Garoppolo, like the, if those guys see see a, a corner blitz, they're just going to eat you alive. Yeah. So the the defense is still not anything close. Corner to blitz is supposed be. to be special package, not like throw it in regular. Yeah, exactly. So defense is still bad. Maybe this week, I, I haven't seen. I think Jalen Johnson's coming back. I don't know about Eddie Jackson or Kyler Gordon, but maybe Gordon he, uh, is off IR. All right, so he might play. That's yeah. good. So secondary is getting a little healthier, which will help. Um, but the the problem there has been there has been a horrible amount of injuries to this team this year, and it really makes me question conditioning. I don't know whether that's accurate at all, but I just keep wondering. I mean, it's like it was like we were talking about. How do you lose three running backs in one game? Yeah. I just I don't remember that ever happening. You know? Oh, we have to use the fullback because we have no running backs left. What? Yeah, and it it it. it Sometimes the the injury bug does just bite you, but it's been really bad. And in a lot I think of, it's been like a swarm of Minnesota mosquitoes yeah, this year. Like, and that's that was always the defining trait of the John Fox teams for me. Is all three years of his tenure, the Bears were just decimated by injuries, right? And that's happened this year. And look, like I said, the the line is getting healthier. Secondary seems to be getting a little healthier. We'll see the, about what happens with the running backs, but maybe the bad injury looks behind them a little bit. You're always going to have injuries, right? But it's been pretty prominent, and I, I hope maybe the teams get a little healthier now. You get the benefit of a long uh, rest time after Thursday night football, and you know maybe that plus some of just the positive momentum on offense. Maybe we're looking at a team that can actually be pretty watchable for the next few weeks. Yeah, so. I'm excited for Bears-Vikings. I didn't really think I was going to be a couple weeks ago, but I'm excited to see what this offense can do. The Vikings' defense is not good. They give up a lot of yards on the ground, and they just lost their best player. So we'll, we'll talk more about the game later, but 
I am excited for a Bears game again, which if yeah. you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have said I'm not going to say that until at least 2024. Yeah, it's probably going to be a pretty fun time in uh, Chicago this weekend. So. Yeah, and I'm going to be in Vegas. So <laughs> I can promise you this. I'll be having a good time out yeah, there. Yeah, I bet. Uh, okay, so uh, we're dropping power rankings now. Bears are not going to be last this week. That's my prediction. Bears are not going to be last this week. Uh, I don't think so either. So uh, we... Um, the power rankings, uh, the NFL Nation reporters are looking at every team's fantasy football surprise, good or bad, so far this season. So that's the plus one for this week. Uh, the number one team in the league right now, of course, the San Francisco 49ers, just looking dominant. Um, I, I don't I don't know whether you have much to say about them right now. They say the fantasy surprise for them is Brock Purdy. I guess Brock Purdy is actually doing pretty well as a fantasy quarterback. Brock Purdy is the favorite to win MVP right now. I know. Like, that's crazy. What a just... You know, good for him, though. Hey, awesome, man. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. So... I mean, how many times do you see a highly touted quarterback prospect that goes in the first round and just can't play? Yeah. So... I, oh, you mean like uh, Trey Lance? Yeah, like, <laughs> like Trey Lance, for like, example. Like that, like so, that guy. So, like people, people throw shade at Purdy because they're like he's in the best system, he's got the best coach, and yes, that's all true. But he still has to make the throws, you know. And uh, this the system. Um, it's really interesting that you that you bring that up because you know what? Who cares yeah. that, that? Hey, that's awesome that he got drafted into the best system. So the reason I say that this is interesting is I don't know whether you saw this, but a recent article came out um, that uh, was talking to Caleb Williams' dad. And his dad said that if a certain situation arises where certain teams, he didn't name anybody, but certain, he used situations, are at the top, they might be. They might have Caleb go back to USC. Yeah, I've seen and some not be drafted. And I read what he he said, and he, to me, it didn't come across like he was being a jerk. He was, but he was saying, you know, I, I I think it's kind of backwards that the worst team is the team that automatically gets the first spot because that means that the top player that goes is automatically going to the worst situation. Now, I, I think that there's a lot of layers to the worst situation. But, you know, the team that automatically comes up to me is the Cleveland Browns. Um, because, or the Detroit Lions. Both of those teams over the last 30 years have consistently been at the top. Bears are right in there, too. <laughs> the, Bears, the Bears are right in there. I wouldn't say that they're as, as bad of a situation as the Browns or the Lions. But they certainly have been up there, right? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an interesting kind of philosophical question. And this is Mike Florio's big hill to die on. Is he's like, NFL, professional sports are the only industry in America where you graduate college and you have literally zero say about where you go to work. Yeah. Because, like, team drafts you and that's just typically where you go. Like Unless you have some real power. Like Eli Manning, John Elway, right. like once in like a generation type of guy. So we'll see with Caleb. And it's an added element now is the NIL situation because he can go back to UNC. USC. Actually, McMahon was vocal about it too. Sure. Yeah. So, so like Caleb could go back to USC and make a couple million bucks 
off NIL completely legally now, which you couldn't do before. Yeah. But also NFL quarterback money, if you're successful, that's hundreds and hundreds of millions, yep. right? So, and if he goes back to USC and tears his knee all up, maybe he's not the same player. So it's risk reward. We'll see. It's easy for them to say now that we'll stay home in the middle of October. Yeah. When you get closer to April and those NFL checks look closer and closer and not well, only checks but nfl fame we'll see. biggs brought up the fact that it's not even so much about the first deal second it's deal. really about the second deal yeah. right because that's the big fat deal yeah and this pushes if you go back it pushes that out right yeah. and it because you're coming into the league a year older yeah and we all know uh the nfl is definitely predicated on the young player because players their careers just don't last very long. Yeah, well, and a, a lot can happen, too. I mean, if you go back, remember Matt Leinert? Yeah. He went back for his senior year, and everyone thought he was going to be a first-round pick, and I think he ended up being a fifth-rounder. No, he he was still... He was, I'm, sorry, I'm, yeah. thinking, I'm thinking of Matt Barkley. You Matt, but, Matt Barkley. But right. Leinert, too. Leinert I mean, still was a first-round pick, but he was going to be number one overall, without question. And he fell. And he fell. So... It's going to be... Because I mean, he stunk. Yes. So, and Matt Barkley stunk, too. Sure did. So, it's going to be... It's, it'll be really interesting to see with Caleb. And that's that's something to monitor because I've, I I can promise you this. I'm sure he doesn't want to go to the Bears. Yeah. I, I can almost guarantee you that that is probably not uh, something he's that interested in doing. So, if the Bears are in that situation where they have the first pick and they are considering drafting a quarterback we'll see how that plays out it's going to be a fascinating story to, to monitor yeah so um but I, I thought that was uh i thought that was interesting that he addressed it that way i felt like he addressed it very reasonably though because but that's the way it is you know and he he pointed out you know the nfl is all about parody and they are and that's not going to change anytime soon so if you if you do decide to skip this draft and, and go to next year, who's to say that the situation isn't going to be even worse right. in 2025 than it is in 2024? You have that to look forward to, right? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that um, obviously we'll look at uh, further, a little bit further into the season is um, how, how, this will play out for the Bears because we got to remember we're only a quarter of the way through the season right yeah, now. A lot so of football, a lot of a lot of stuff left to happen. Top uh, NFC North team is uh, obviously the Detroit Lions. They're number five. Uh, they moved up from eight to five, um, and they have looked pretty darn good. Uh, they uh, seem to be hitting it on all spots. Uh, I did bring up um, uh, Penny Sewell, you know, and I one of the reasons I also brought that up is. The thing that is really powering that team, they have a good defensive line, they have a good offensive line, and they have a key person on each one of those. Penny Sewell on the offensive line, Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive line. That's the way you do it. Yeah, no kidding. And both those guys are playing great, and yeah, the Lions in the trenches are just nasty. It might be their year. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget that those guys are 25 years old. Yeah. So, um... You know, that's that to me is the way you do it. And that's what I think that we could be seeing in this next draft is I really think that defensive end 
edge rusher is going to be the top priority for polls. I really believe that. It better be. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, their fantasy surprise is Josh Reynolds, uh, who um, has the second most receiving yards on the team and the third most targets. So, that's that right there. Uh, we skip on down, and we're going to go way down because none of the teams in the NFC North are any good. Just like <laughs> we talked about before the beginning of the season, uh, the Packers are at 19. They fell from 14 to 19. The fantasy surprise is A.J. Dillon. Um, yeah, in the worst way. He's averaged 2.8 yards per carry, and he hasn't shown doodly squat. Nope. Um, the uh, the Vikings uh, hold at the 25 spot. They... Uh, fell from 20, uh, 24 to 25. Fantasy surprise Alexander, Alexander Madison, who, I don't know, he's doing okay, but he's really nothing to uh, toot your horn about. Nope. Um, the, the only real player there is Justin Jefferson, and as you mentioned, he's uh, on to IR. Boy, um, it'll be interesting to see how much of a loss. I, I've seen a lot of buzz about how well Jordan Addison is going to do while while uh, Jefferson's off the field. I don't know about that. Uh, to me, having Jefferson on the field at any point in any game is the ultimate deterrent. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. So where do you see the Bears at? Well, I think. They're ahead of the Panthers now. <laughs> they are ahead of the Panthers. I think they're probably ahead of the Patriots. Uh, maybe not. And then, I don't know. So wh- where, where would I put them? 30th? They're 29th. They are ahead of the Patriots. And ahead of the Cardinals. And the, and the, so they're Panthers 32, Broncos 31, Patriots 30. Bears! Even though the Broncos beat the Bears, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, right, so, uh, we're, we're moving up. They, they moved up from 32 to 29. Um, and the fantasy surprise, which to me is really not a surprise, DJ Moore. In theory, this shouldn't be a surprise. The Bears brought Moore in to elevate Chicago's offense. He should be getting double digit targets a game. But the fact that he's second in fantasy points scored after the struggles this passing game went through in three of its first five games is the best outcome any fantasy owner could have hoped for more exploded for 230 receiving yards and three touchdowns against Washington and has a chance uh, for a big outing against Minnesota's 22nd pass uh, defense. So let's get, let's get more um, of it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's no, certainly get more of no it. No pun intended. There. <laughs> okay. So we'll jump over to the schedule and uh, take a look at the uh, upcoming games uh let's see we got um we'll go to our game here in a minute um the packers are on a bye aren't they i think that's right yeah they're on a bye so detroit at tampa bay uh well this is gonna be an interesting test for tampa bay yeah a lot of people seem to think they're pretty good uh, I think they're more of a pretender than a contender myself. Same. Um, I certainly think that Detroit, for once, uh, and I'm going to keep mentioning this throughout the year, looks like a legitimate contender. Now, do I think they're a contender for the Super Bowl? Eh, I don't know about that. But they certainly, I would certainly put them right now as a genuine contender for the NFC Championship game. I think that's right, and I think that... The problem you run into is just 
do you trust Jared Goff in the playoffs? Right. And when they're going up against likely Jalen Hurts and then Brock Purdy in that 49ers offense, can Goff keep up? And Goff's numbers have been really good. So maybe he can. Maybe he's developed and has actually turned into that franchise quarterback. But until we see it, I'm going to have a tough time backing that in the playoffs. But, yeah, going down to Tampa Bay, I mean, I think the Lions are better than Tampa Bay. Tampa's coming off a bye. Yeah. Uh, they're 3-1, and one, but well, I think Pretender so, is probably right. So, so Evans is listening as questionable. That's a blow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know where he's at with that. Um, Amon Ra is questionable. Uh, actually, I know he's going to be out. So I don't. I don't. I think that will. I think that will hurt. Yeah, matchup predictor right now: fifty-five percent to the Lions, forty-five percent to the to the Bucks. I do think that the Lions go in there and get a win. I think so. I think they're a three-point favorite. Is that right on the road? E- yes. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean. Three and a half, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay, sometimes weird things can happen down there, but uh, on paper, I think the Lions should should get should get another one and keep, keep rolling. I'm happy for David Montgomery, but I think his horn is getting tooted a little <laughs> bit much. Uh, his yards per carry still has not really improved, but he's playing behind a much better offensive line uh, than they have in Chicago, and that's certainly helping. Well, I'm like, his skill set was always... If you get into the hole, he can make a guy miss. But the problem with the Bears, he was always getting hit behind, behind the line. <laughs> behind of the line. So, yeah, so. Yeah, he's doing well, but I think most people would do pretty well behind that line. He's uh, he's he's uh, actually having a really good year so far. Good for him. I've, yeah. I've, I've always been a fan. So, Minnesota Vikings at Chicago Bears. Uh, it'll be a, certainly a fun day at, at Soldier Field. 50 Nine percent to uh, to forty percent. So um, wow, I, that I that's unexpected to me. I would have thought that would be a lot more even. Yeah, I think people think the Vikings are better than the Bears, even though the record doesn't show it. Minnesota I mean, by two and a half. Yeah, I mean, well, just look. Last week, Minnesota gave Kansas City a game. Right, we saw what Kansas City did to the Bears. So yeah. I, I think the Vikings are a better team. But maybe not without Jefferson, right? I mean, have, have we seen this offense without Justin Jefferson over the last couple of years? No, I don't. This think is so. the first time he's ever been hurt. Yeah, so he's literally played every single game. Pretty much, he's actually. I read that he's actually played pretty much every snap since he since week one, which is pretty wild. And we know how important he is when he's out there. I mean, that's Cousins' first read. Yeah, every he's time. deadly. Yeah, so. He could have you throwing him the ball and he'd be deadly. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, so that's going to be an interesting thing to see about how just this offense functions without him. And also, like, this Vikings team is just circling the drain. It's, yeah. They're one in four. There's rumors that Cousins is going to get traded. There's a lot of rumors just in NFL, in NFL land about this team just tanking and trying to get yeah. Caleb or trying to get one of those quarterbacks early on in the first round and hey they're one and four and next week they play san francisco so if they don't get this one they're looking at one and six so you know the players and the coaches are going to come out with their hair on fire because it's kind of a must-win game for them but yeah without jefferson we just don't know how it's going to look and the bears have some positive momentum going at least on offense i'm expecting both teams to score in this game and it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the fewer mistakes 
Um, one thing I will mention, pressure. Uh, every game I've watched of Minnesota, Cousins has been under a ton of pressure. His pocket is crumbling really quick. So I, you know, I don't know uh, if if they're going to be able to improve on that. I mean, obviously, our as you mentioned, our defense is pretty lousy, um, and we don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But if they're able to get after him in the way, in the manner that they were against Washington, where they were at least able to get some pressure uh, uh, back there on Howell. Um, I think you're looking at a long day for Minnesota. It, that combined with the fact that he doesn't have his safety blanket uh, with, with Jefferson out there. Um, I think uh, the, in Minnesota, uh, in Chicago is getting back, you know, pieces of the secondary, uh, which they have desperately needed. And it's a rest advantage. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think, they're, they're going to have enough to to win it. Now this will have pick them implications. To win, huh? Yeah, I'm going to pick that. I'm going to take. I'm, I'm going to take Chicago. Now this does have draft implications too, because both of these teams are one and four. Oh, sure does. So, um, it, you know, and like you said, um, if 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 Queasy's kind of trying to disguise a t- uh, what seems to be a tank here, um, he certainly isn't invested in keeping Kirk Cousins. Uh, Cousins has no more money uh, left on his deal, and uh, you know, uh, does it does it behoove him to keep a thirty-five-year-old quarterback next year and give him another thirty-five million dollars? I just don't see that happening. Well, people are talking about them trading Cousins, but he's got a no-trade clause. Yeah. If you were him, like, why would you want to do that? I guess. I mean. If you can go to a situation and maybe have a chance to win a Super Bowl, great. But that feels pretty unlikely. So if, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm saying I'm just going to finish out the year in Minnesota. If they want to find a way to just sit me down with an injury, then we can do that. But I'm not waving my no-trade clause and having to go learn a whole new system. And I, I'm just going to wait for the offseason and then sign in the best situation that's out there. Well, and the, the other thing is... Um... Uh, you know the the primary candidate they've they've talked about is the Jets. You've got to want to move to New York. Right. I mean that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, and you know that you're just going there as a rental. Yeah. Because they already have money committed to twelve. Yeah. So, or is no? I think is the numbers eight. Now. Imagine Rogers and Cousins whatever in smug, the same quarterback room. Smug Joker back there. Yeah. Um, who says he's gonna make? Did you see that he said he's gonna? I'm gonna come back this year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, good, okay, good, whatever. Good luck, buddy. But yeah, so you're going Bears win. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Bears are gonna score, and it's gonna come down to can the defense get the stops right? I mean, that sounds obvious, but I, I think the Bears get to 30 in this game. I, uh, that's a bold prediction with the Bears offense, but I. I think the Vikings defense stinks, and I think the Bears are going to be able to run the ball, and I, I think they're going to get into the end zone a few times. I think the Vikings probably can also get to 30, but we'll see. I mean, is Cousins going to – is he going to collapse under pressure without Jefferson? Is he going to throw the Bears the ball a couple times? Like Hawkinson, he, probably a lot of targets in this game. I would assume so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Bears win. I'd love to see it. I don't know if I would bet it. But it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's a coin flip. So, um, so moving on to Survivor. All right. 
what are we looking at this week? It uh, looks like, um, you know, some of the, well, uh, the one that to me jumps out right away, of course, is Carolina at Miami. Uh, and I'm sure that a lot of, uh, a lot of teams, um, a, a lot of players in, in our, in our league are, are looking at that one. Uh, what else were you were you looking at? Well, there's three that you could go with and feel really good about it. You'd feel really good with Kansas City at home against Denver. Yeah. You'd feel really good with Miami at home against Carolina. And you'd feel really good with Buffalo at home against the Giants. There's a fourth team. Would you ever pick the Rams against the Cardinals? Oof. Um, well, the Rams are... A surprise. Okay. Actually, both of those teams are a surprise. They're both playing better football than they were expected to be playing. Yeah, Ram- Rams have been pretty decent. They're 2-3, and three, but they've lost to the Niners, the Bengals, and the Eagles. So those are three pretty good teams. Yeah. This is probably the only time you'd ever use them because they're playing the Cardinals at home. And I, I just don't think there's that many situations you'd want to use this Rams team. But also, I mean, the Cardinals could be a little feisty there. And I think pretty much those three teams that we listed off are like about as close to guaranteed wins as you can get in the NFL. So it's a question of how risky you and I want to be here. I mean, if you use the Rams and they win, then you've got those three really top-of-the-league teams in your back pocket still. Well, another thing, um, last week, uh, Cup really showed that he was uh, back yeah. again. Um, that was huge because him and uh, Nakwa were both looking really good yeah, in Cup, that game. Eight, eight receptions for 120 yards for Cup. Yeah, and um, so that was that was huge. Stafford looked competent and, and, and comfortable in the pocket. Um, the other thing was their defense looked uh, a lot better. Uh, Donald is certainly not done. No. Um, he looked pretty beastly, and uh, the uh, the rest of the front seven looked like it was kind of rallying around him. Um, so that you know that was uh, that was good for them. Um, you know, uh, Arizona Dobbs is starting to show that he's Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Um, their defense stinks. Their defense is not good, and Connor uh, James Connor got hurt. Yep. Uh, so they're going to have um, a fill-in uh, rookie uh, playing, um, Imari, whatever his name is. <laughs> no idea. And um, so, yeah, I, I can kind of see that when uh, the matchup predictor has it seventy-three twenty-seven for the Rams. So that means a lot of people are playing the Rams. Uh, Rams are seven point favorites. So, and this is uh, this is at home, uh, you know. So they're they're playing at SoFi. Um, yeah, and I'm just looking at the Rams' remaining schedule. Like you're never going to use them again. Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, at Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, maybe Commanders. You'd use them, but like that, that's not a team you're going to use very often. And it would be great to keep the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Bills. But also, if, if the Rams lose, it's going to be a real tough pill to swallow when you had three layups right there on the board. So And they've gotten, and, and the, the, the Cardinals have got destroyed in the last two games. Yeah. Since that Dallas win, 
Um, and both of their games on the road, they only scored 16 points. How the hell did they beat Dallas? Uh, you know, it's any given weekend. You know, yeah. it was what we were talking about earlier, the parody thing. It's That's the one thing about the NFL is that I haven't prescribed to the whole easiest, toughest schedule thing for years because I don't think it's applicable in this league. In college football, it's totally applicable. Uh, you know, when 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 a team is overmatched, you'll see lines where it's like, oh yeah, the line is forty eight, <laughs> you know, because they know that one team just has an overwhelming amount of talent compared to the other, and and upsets are truly upsets because they're rare. But any team beating any team in this in this league, any week it could happen, and you know I think that's just a, an example of it right there. Um, you know, the, the Rams, uh, they only lost, uh, to San Francisco, uh, by seven. Um, they, you know, had a, had a tough loss against Philly at home. Uh, I could see them bouncing back. I like that. All right. Well, we'll put it in. Uh, I guess we reserve the right to change our mind. We reserve the right. If, if, if. We almost did last week. I, I called Tom up and I was like, hey, you sure you want to stick with Detroit? They've got a lot of injuries. And he said, no, let's stick with them. And we did. And I was thinking about picking the Saints. Called it. So, or sorry, I was thinking about picking the Patriots, which would have made me like the dumbest person on the face <laughs> of the earth. I mean, just absolute horrible. Wow, are they bad. Yeah, that's, they got to have a come to Jesus. Apparently, um, uh, they asked uh, 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 part uh uh, Belichick about um, the game, and he just muttered, "Yeah, start over." Ah, uh, yeah, I would. And it, they said, "What does that mean?" And he, he looked at him and said, "Start over." Yeah, I would. <laughs> that's that's not good. I, I didn't really think it was possible to get blown out by the Saints this year, but congratulations to them. But all right, we're gonna stick with the Rams for now. If we change our mind, we'll tweet it out. But I, I feel pretty good about that. I, I think the Rams are halfway decent i think the cardinals stink and i trust matt stafford and sean mcveigh over josh dobbs yeah I, like i said I, I i um last week uh i i i saw some comeback from them and um yeah the cardinals are just not a good team uh, i i i would i would say it, it it could be a little bit uh closer but dobbs is you know really started to show why he is who he is and then losing your starting running back and starting a rookie uh, that's uh, against starting a rookie rusher against Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I agree. And Donald might be able to just wreck that game by himself. And the, the Rams. He's still just a machine. Yeah, and the Rams often should be able to score every time. I mean, with McVay and if, if the Cincinnati Bengals and how they've looked can go down to Arizona and score at will, this Rams offense should be able to do that too. So. I, I, I like this for now. We'll see how the rest of the week That would uh, be interesting to see how if uh, Donald makes it the whole year on on this Rams team because there's a lot, just like uh, um, uh, Cousins, there's a lot of talk that he's going to be traded. Yeah, I don't see him Before the there, deadline. But that would be a hell of an addition, though. You know, yeah, if, 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 you're, if you've got a team that looks like it's ready to go to the Super Bowl and you can add him, Boy, that's a that's a huge ad. Well, that, that's, that's like a, when Von Miller, and that's a different conversation because he can step right in and make an impact versus quarterback. It's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like the Lions getting him? Oh, 
Aaron, that'd be that'd be deadly. Aaron Donald and Hutchinson. It'd be deadly. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. So all right, that's it for us today. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And hey, let's let's get a win this week. If I think that's what we should expect from the Bears. They're, they're, this Vikings Bear team stinks. Let's Chicago let's get Bears. let's hold these guys to a victory standard. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, guys. Bear down.